Welcome, my friends. Subscribe. This is so weird. It's <laughs> <laughs> so weird. So Dennis and I, in order to try to have a more immersive podcast, we've decided to like share our video screens with each other. Like, so now I've just got a full screen of Dennis's yeah, stupid ordinarily, face. Yeah, ordinarily we just do audio, but then Riley was talking about how it would be better if we could record in the same room, but there's, you know, mm. a C between us. So what we decided to do is just video call each other, and I've made my full monitor just Riley's big old face. Yeah. So it's like I'm talking to you, but you're just behind this, like, prison, like, Hannibal Lecter yeah, plexiglass. We're, we're, we're appearing via video link in this courtroom. Yeah, via teleconference. Like, yeah. It's super, super weird. Anyway, we're going to roll with the punches, Dennis. We're both professionals. Uh, welcome to Scrimey River, the MTG Advice podcast. Uh, I'm Riley. I'm Dennis. And we're here to solve your problems. Lots of people, of course, got in touch throughout the week with, uh, with their questions, their queries, their quandaries, Dennis. And we thank them for them. We're going to do our best to... Wow, it's really getting into that water, huh? You see, I don't like this, the visual element. I took a sip of my yeah. water and now you know. Now I can see all your secrets. Ooh. I can see... Uh, you, oh, Dennis was picking his nose earlier when we were uh, getting into that. I, I realized that I had to stop doing that as well, like picking my nose on the... Because uh, it, it, to the podcast listener, they can't hear the... No. You know, they can't hear me digging for gold in my nasal cavities. <laughs> this is so... Like, Riley and I have hung out a bunch. It's not like we've never seen each other before. No. But I for some reason, like. this feels invasive. Yeah, it does. Anyway, if you want to be one of the people featured on the podcast while we, you know, deal with... Looking at each other face to face here. Uh, the existential dread that comes with <laughs> looking into each other's eyes. Please get in touch with us. Best way to do that on Twitter. You can DM either of us at Riley Crutel for me, at Stranjack for Dennis, or you can send me an email. Uh, all the details on my Twitter Twitter account. So have a look at that and uh, and please get in touch. One such person who did get in touch, Dennis, was Darren Leamy. Yes. Uh, wrapping up a loose end, tying up a loose end from a previous episode, which is very interesting. We we talked about night.com. That's night with a K, like my last yeah, name. Because I, I, I bought strandjack.com. That was a prompt and, of the discussion. And I really want night.com. But this this is actually, uh, the website is, is for all intents and purposes taken. Darren emailed in and said this, hey, Strandjack and Riley Crew Tower, night.com is owned by Knight Capital Group Incorporated, a former global financial services company that doesn't exist anymore thanks to a software error in 2012 that cost them $440 million. What kind of software could that possibly be? So I, I did a little bit of digging here. I did a little bit of digging into Knight Capital to see how my, you know, how, how some of my namesakes have, have shamed our, our noble lineage. Um, and apparently a technician just forgot to update a piece of software on one of their servers, right? It was an automated, um, like a, a routing system, apparently, yeah. that like automated, like it automated trades, like buying and selling stuff. And so they made 400, or sorry, they made 4 million trades, right? Uh, in 45 minutes that were all unauthorized and, and didn't mean to have happened. And just, and, and completely burned all that money. They, they absolutely ruined themselves. They bought like, there was some weird. So this is this is my favorite bit uh, in the Wikipedia article. For example, shares of Wizard Software Corporation, that's Wizard with two Zs, Dennis, went from three dollars fifty to fourteen dollars seventy six because they bought a bunch of them without really even meaning to. So yeah, four hundred and forty million dollars down the gurgler. Um, and uh, this was uh, here's here's how Wikipedia summed up the incident. <clears throat> the incident was embarrassing for Knight CEO Thomas Joyce. I bet it was. I bet it was. I bet it was a little. I bet it was a little indifferent. I'd be pretty. I'd be pretty embarrassed. embarrassed yeah. 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 So, anyway, uh, I reckon we could probably get Knight.com on the cheap. So here's the thing: there are services, there are domain 
estate agents. Yes. Who you can contact who will find out how much a domain will cost to buy. Mm, like GoDaddy. Are you? No, not like GoDaddy. I mean, like individuals, like, like oh, really? well, go, no, GoDaddy will do it too. Like, if I don't, if, it, like, if you, if you go to try to buy a, do- a domain on GoDaddy and they are, it's unavailable, hmm. you can, you can ask them to look into it for you and they'll, oh, they'll headhunt it for you. They'll yeah. headhunt it for you. Do you want to try to find out? I'd like to see how much, the thing is like, it's, a, I guarantee you it's a lot of money. Well, is it though? Because like, you know, when companies go into like liquidation administration, mm-hmm. there was a computer, ch- there was a chain of computer. What was it? I can't remember what it was called here, but in, in the UK this year, a, a company went under and they were selling literally everything. Like the shelves on which the products were, yeah, yeah, were, yeah. were you could go in and buy like extension cords. Maximum liquidation, to- yeah. Exactly. So I'm thinking like if, if they're in the, if they're in the hole for $440 million. Well, when, when, did, when did this happen? 2012. Somebody else has this domain. No, no, they seriously don't. It's still it's still owned by Knight Capital Group. You're you're telling me we have to track down Thomas Joyce himself. Yes, to get Thomas Joyce himself. And Dennis, do you know how we're going to do that? Oh. We need. Do you know to do to do that? We're going to need some money. And do you know how we're going to get money? If people go to channelfireball.com Bingo, and buy Bongo. magic cards, that's it. That's it. That's exactly how it is. If you want to support our campaign to buy night.com, you need to show you need to show us the color of your money. Well, specifically, it's trickle down economics, Dennis. I wouldn't expect you to understand. It goes the money goes to Channel Fireball, you buy your your brazen borrowers, your you know, your Teferi time revelers there, and then the money trickles down to you and me, Dennis, and then we go and buy night.com and the and and, and the universe achieves. Well no, no, no. we're not we're not going to buy night.com. At this point, we need to hire a private investigator to ta- track down Thomas Joyce. That's true. That's true. Let me so hop let me hop on, let me hop on, let me hop on LinkedIn real quick. I want to see yeah, if I can let- find this guy. <laughs> Let's see if he's open for uh, you know offers. Let's see if he's uh, he's sniffing around the recruitment agencies. Thomas Joyce. I mean, he'd have a rock solid CV. No one's gonna uh, no one's gonna argue that. Oh, any any prior work experience? I oh, I was CEO of a company. Which company? Oh, Tom matter. Joyce, CEO at Night Trading Group, lives in the Greater New York City area. Contact information. Mm-hmm. Here's his profile. Okay, here we go. Okay. I can mess. We don't need I to. C- pro- we don't need to hire a private investigator. Dennis, you're all over it. Okay. Okay. He's here. There's nothing on his profile. Nothing on his profile. He is listed as experienced CEO of Night Trading Group. He experiences one word. <laughs> oh, poor guy. He can't, say, he can't say successful. Night. Oh, we should be buttering up. We should. We should. We should be. Uh, we should be being nice to this bloke, saying how wonderful he is. Oh yeah. Is this the article you read? The rise and fall of. <laughs> he quit in 2013. This is what the podcast is about now. We're serial now, and it's, yeah. this is this is the whole thing. So okay, Knights Capital's Tom Joyce quits Business Insider in 2000, July 2013. Hmm. Okay, I can't wait to get get cut to like the 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 interview, like where it's like you're doing the voiceover. It's like I spoke to Dennis about Tom's um Tom's malfeasance at Night Corporate Incorporated, and like it's a recording of you interviewing me on a noisy street about something that happened five years ago in a parking lot or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, here's the here's the thing: the plot hole thickens, Riley, because BusinessInsider.com is not loading, so we'll have to wait till next week. To continue Join the- us next week when we continue the saga of trying to buy night.com. When we last saw our heroes, they were trying to track down Thomas Joyce, the CEO. Um, but seriously, you know, beyond everything else, go and buy, buy, buy and sell your cars at channelfiber.com because that's going to that's gonna add fuel to the fire of this, uh, of this night hunt as we, as we track down Thomas Joyce and the, and the, and the, the crumbled remnants of his, uh, of his empire down. Yeah. 
Our first question this week, Dennis, comes to us from an anonymous listener of the mm. podcast, and uh, this is this is one hundred percent something that, of course, we're we're happy to uh, oblige our listeners with. If you've got a question, a query, a quandary that you want uh, dealt with. Without your name being, uh, you know, dragged through the mud, uh, sullied by its appearance on this uh, <laughs> on this podcast, uh, please just let us know that you uh, that you'd rather your identity wasn't shared. We're more than happy to do this. And 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 you know, as we read the question, you may understand why this person isn't, isn't too keen to uh, to to you know give the most in- intimate details of their personal life here. So our listener asks. <clears throat> I've been playing Magic casually for 15 or more years, and at least once a week for almost 10 years. In the last few years, I've left college and started going to my local store. I don't go that often, as I have my own group from way back and also Arena. Because I'm not there too often at the store, my casual and pretty lax play style, and maybe being female, I find people assume I don't know anything. Even people who know I've been playing longer than them talk down to me because I don't make it to Standard Weekly or own a modern deck. Is there a polite way of saying or showing that just because you've played more magic than me in the last year doesn't mean you've played more magic than me full stop? That's a tricky question. It's a very difficult question to answer because really so what one of the one of the reasons I find this question so challenging Dennis is that it's not the listener who is actually the one in need of advice. That's true. This is the one who has the problem but is not the one who needs to be who, who yeah, who needs new information. That's Sorry, let, let me let me clarify my comment. The listener is not the one who should be needing to make a change yes, here. The, yes, the yes, listener yes. is not the, like the onus for change here. The onus of the person who needs to change their behavior is not the listener. So how uh, how best can our listener here uh, change uh, her or situation, change yeah. it? Like, well, yeah, exactly. Take take control of the situation and well, stop this having... Is, is this something that's ever happened to you? Have people ever mis- 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 like, misidentified their expectations of you as a magic player? Uh, yes, Dennis, but I can tell you Interestingly, in the complete opposite direction. Oh, so I'm not. I'm not like a. You know, I'm not saying I'm an A-list magic celebrity or anything. Maybe if on a good day, maybe you know, E or D-list. But I often, whenever I meet someone or play against someone who who knows who I am because of commentary or you know or, or CFP or whatever else like that, they just wildly overestimate how good I am. They just think I'm way way better at the game than I am, which is. You know, I guess not a bad thing. It's definitely better than the other way around. But I, I have like this is this is the problem. I'm I'm never in a position where I have to say, whoa, 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 you've completely you've completely mis mis uh, you know misjudged where I'm at as a magic player here because usually it's it's the opposite of what our listeners going through here. So th- that's easy. That's that's a much easier position to be in though. That's mm-hmm. a, that's mm-hmm. a humble position to be like, oh, I'm trash at this. Yeah, don't worry. That's like a funny bit. Having mm-hmm. just having to like discern to your opponent like be assertive, be like actually. I don't need you you're, to remind me of all of like my you're triggers. You're being super patronizing. You're being, like, you're, yeah, being you're, you're being condescending or whatever. That's yeah, exactly. um, that's much 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 harder. And the concern mm. I have is that I will be worried that the kind of person who is default condescending to someone because they perceive them as a casual player or because they th- because they're female, as might yeah. be the case sometimes, is not going to respond well to that kind of thing. Yep, I agree. And this is what really makes it hard. So it depends that- on what the out- it depends on what the outcome our listener wants here is. Is the outcome yeah. where they want people to stop talking to them like this, or do they want to have a more pleasant experience playing Magic the Gathering? And I don't think you should necessarily pander to people who are just being jerks. But it depends on it's like if you want to like it. It just depends on what your goal is. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk about some actionable solutions here that our listener can can enact without actually having to make any serious compromises to their you know the, to their integrity as a person. Yeah, yeah. Right. Here's here's something that's very simple. Our listener mentioned their casual and pretty lax play style. 
I think that if you're playing in a lax and casual way and someone then judges to you to be a casual and inexperienced magic player, that's not totally unreasonable. If you're the sort of person who, for example, draws a card before you untap, I'm immediately going to assume that you have less experience because that's just not how magic works. And that's generally a pretty clear indication that you're, uh, you know, you, you don't have a huge number of hours under your belt, right? So if you're wanting to be, uh, you know, if you're wanting people to take you more seriously and 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 not treat you like a casual, then you need to, because there are little patterns, there's little things that you do as a magic player, like shuffling your card around, cards around your hand or fanning out your graveyard rather than having it in one big pile. These are all little things that I noticed that I started doing when I got more, quote unquote, serious about playing. Mm-hmm. So if you're going into a shop and playing, you know, pretty casually, pretty uh, in a pretty relaxed uh, session, you uh, pretty relaxed way, you may be giving off a a vibe of being uh you know a little more casual so i don't think that i don't i I think you've missed the mark there a little bit honestly i don't i don't for one for one i don't think the person should try and should have to compromise their the way they like to play the game well it just depends what it means by lax play style again if you're untapping if you're if you're drawing a card before you untap like that's obviously just that's just a huge beacon that's indicating that you you know you're not a particularly experienced player because that's just literally not the the rules of the game but mm. you know if you're just sitting there and casually chatting and, and and generally more relaxed like having a more relaxed like personal atmosphere right not so much the play style but the, just the way you present yourself yeah yeah sure i i agree with you that that's not I something think, that you should have to change i think the best tact here is something i believe i believe a lot in life and i know this isn't always easy to do and like and, and like this isn't something that I that like something a lot something a lot of the people struggle with is try and just be honest and say to the person, hey, I'm actually playing for a, if you if, if it's upsetting you, mm. I have actually been playing for quite a while. I don't need you to re- remind me or whatever. Or even if even just I just slip into conversation that you've been playing for a long time. I think that's step one, right? That's step one. And then at, yeah. but here's the thing: at that point, if the person doesn't pick up on that, or worse, picks up on that and doesn't care and decides to continue talking to the anti anyway because you're female, for example, even if they mm. they now know that you're not a casual or a new player, if they can continue to be a jerk, at that point you just have to try and divorce yourself from caring what they think, which is very very difficult. And also, it, uh, what your personal response to that is is going to vary enormously depending on what kind of person you are. Like, obviously, look, I'm you know I'm male, I'm a dude. Right. I've never had to. I've never had to really deal with someone judging me as a magic player because of my gender which i know definitely happens um so i've never had to sort of stand up for myself in that regard and i can imagine how challenging it would be but more generally speak for someone like me for someone who is a you know is able to address things head on able to be confident and say no this is how i feel about it if someone were just being rude to me generally i'd say whoa whoa, whoa bucko what are you doing here mate I don't, you know, I don't like being spoken to like that, or maybe there's a better way for you to express what you're trying to say to me here. Well, this person also standing, probably doesn't want to cause a fuss or, or, but, but or be perceived. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's my point, Dennis. That's yeah. my point, is that it's not going to be, you know, I can suggest what I would do in a situation like this, mm. but I don't think that's actionable advice. That's not advice you can give to someone and just assume that they're going to be okay in doing it. So what what can we talk about in more general terms that's going to work for, for you know, not just this person, but anyone in a, in a situation like this? I think, so like, so... I've been a, I have been a new magic player. I've been a casual magic player. I've been out of my depth of the magic tournament, but I have never been a female magic player. Mm, mm. So I think this is this is an opportunity where if you are listening to this podcast and you are a female or a non male or any any kind of minority magic player where you feel like people have treated you differently because of that, mm. let us know what your experience is. I think we can crowdsource this advice a little bit because we yeah. we we are specifically unqualified to comment on that particular part of it. 
That's a really good point. And this is one of the reasons that I tend to shy away from discussing conversations like this because I recognize that my voice as a, you know, as a white, straight, straight yeah. cisgendered male, it's less valuable because I don't have the life experience that other people have when they're put in these situations. On the other hand, I think it's important for people like people who, you know, are in our demographic, right, to be involved in conversations like this. Because we have more in common with a lot of the people who are causing these problems. Sitting on the other side of the table in this scenario, yes. Exactly. You know, and, and you know, a lot of the time, you know, that's what, that's what representation diversity is all about. It's about showing people that it's possible for them to be a part of something that they would traditionally not consider themselves to be, or, or that not they, but that, you know, traditionally hasn't been a realm that they've been well represented in, right? There was a and poll so- a while ago. I can't, remember who, I can't actually remember who put it up right now. That was about asking people how long they've been playing Magic as a, like, quote-unquote icebreaker when you start a game Magic the Gathering. Is that something you do? Mm. I definitely have that, asked that question in the past, and but no, I think I read, I've read a similar thing about how it does make some people feel uncomfortable. So I think, I, I think in more, re- like, probably in the last couple of, you know, months or at least the last year or mm. so, I've definitely phased it out. Because it, 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 it has this, like, implication. It has yeah. implication of, like, it, to some people, it will sound like, have you been playing as long as me? Yes. Do you know what it is, Dennis? It's what? the Magic World's version of, so where are you from? Yes. It can be meant perfectly innocently and just as a as a, an icebreaker, as a way to chat to someone about something casually, whatever else, but it can also be portrayed and it can also be meant in a way that it's extremely problematic. Exactly. Um, that's how, uh, that was a brief aside. I just think it does kind of fit into this, mm-hmm. into this kind of space. So if you're sitting on the other side of the table and here's the thing, I think people like this are being patently unreasonable i don't know that i don't know if we can change their minds i think that there are going to be some people who uh are definitely in that camp there are Mm -hmm. going to be some people who uh you know are just like well i you know they have these these rusted on old world views that are ridiculous and you know hopefully will die with them or whatever but you know then there are also people who maybe don't realize what they're doing and and that's 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 the point i was trying to make about people uh, like you and I being an active role in conversations like this, because yeah. we'll have an audience that that will unfortunately ignore what uh, they, what it, you know, view, viewpoints of, of people who who they decree to be not worth listening to, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm not necessarily in love with having fans who might, uh, you know, be on the wrong side of that particular political fence. But if I can do something to at least change their worldview a little bit, and that's why I wouldn't mind being more actively involved in conversations like these. With the very clear disclaimer that I recognise that I don't think it's people like you and me who should be leading them. Right, I appreciate that. Like, but for, for for this listener, I think you, I think you can, I think you're well within your rights to call somebody out on this if you think they're being rude to you. I understand mm-hmm. you might not feel like you're in a position where that's something you're, a you're comfortable doing, or b is even beneficial to you because like yeah. that might that might just make things worse. If, if if your goal is to avoid having an uncomfortable game match together, then that might not necessarily be the way to do it. Um, but you're definitely well within your rights to do that. I think making it clear at some point, if you think that they're doing it because you're a casual magic player or they perceive it as a casual magic player, being because you haven't playing it for a long time is beneficial. Mm. And I think that will stop some people, but this is tough. The, the question- How about really- this? Go ahead. How about this? How about if you don't mind being a bit, being, being a bit sarky, being a bit, being, having a bit of attitude, how about you just start doing the same thing to them? What? Oh, just- just, just flip it back. Just flip it back, and then start giving them like really basic gameplay advice, and just like, for example, <laughs> you know, whatever. No matter what they do, you know, you you start giving them sort of as though as though as as though you're teaching them, right? Like compliment the moves they make or criticize. Just just show them 
how ridiculous, how patently absurd their behavior is by doing it back to them. Because that'll make them think, hang on, why is this person treating me like this? I've been playing Magic for 10 years. I don't, I don't know if you want to be so confrontational about it. I, I, I mean, don't it'd be it. enjoyable. It'd be enjoyable at least, right? I don't know. Wouldn't it be like a little bit fun at least? I mean, if you're sitting there having a miserable time because this person's treating you like garbage, like at least you can mess with them a little bit. At least like <laughs> there's, and maybe it'll do something to make them reflect on their behavior. I don't know. I appreciate it. I, I don't hate like that suggestion at all though. But like I said though, I, I really do think we need to hear from people who have more experience with this. So honestly, if you, if you are listening to this podcast and have experienced yeah. something like this, particularly, particularly if it's nothing to do with your actual playstyle your, yeah. your actual experience if magic. it's external factors like, yeah, yeah like your appearance your, your, gender your gender whatever. your race or whatever yeah, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah um we would love to hear from you if you feel comfortable sharing that that story because i think it would generally help our listener but yeah, yeah absolutely that. agree so please do get in touch with us if you've got advice that we can share because again i think your voice will be a lot more valuable than ours especially coming from people who have real life experience exactly of of this happening to them all right dennis it's time for a new segment we're calling Power moves. This wonderful creation of ours, you and me, totally original. Totally original. We didn't definitely didn't uh, nick this up. No, no. Uh, fans of mine uh, will know that I'm a big fan of Hamish and Andy, the old Australian radio duo. They now make a podcast. And Dennis, you've just started listening to them. I have, yes. And friends of yours will notice that you are just Hamish. <laughs> I mean that's very kind. That's very that's a very nice thing for you to for you to say. Uh, me and my brother, my brother was the original fan who got me onto them. He tries to argue that I'm more like Andy. No because way. Because I'm not so fast and loose. I'm you know a little bit, I like to be like neat and tidy and that sort of stuff. But um, Hamish is definitely the your funny mannerisms, one. your cadences, the way you speak. That the Australian accent helps a lot. Yeah. I won't lie. Do you have? I have no knowledge of regional Australian accents. Do you consider yourself to having the same accent as Hamish? Well, there are like two, maybe two and a half Australian accents. Uh-huh. Uh, so I definitely have the same. There's city and country. And then people in Adelaide like to claim they have a different accent. They do not. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm de- I just have city Australian accent. My brother has country Australian accent, which is interesting because he moved out to the country when he was like 13. So mm-hmm. young enough to like or 15, 14. I don't know. But young enough to have picked it up. Yeah. So he, he, sound, he sounds like he's from the country. He sounds like this. Like yeah, this that's really crocodile, that's crocodile Dundee. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly right. But um, so anyway, the point is Hamish and Andy's great. Go and listen to them. But they on their podcast have a a segment they call Power Moves, right? And it, and they have their listeners uh, email in uh, different ways you can assert dominance. Uh, which is a joke. Day- which is a joke you often make. In, exactly. In, in comedy, you'll be like, oh, just like it's like like attacking with an O one is just asserting dominance over your opponent. That's a, that's a classic power move. A classic power move. Attacking with the Gilded Goose, classic power move, right? So we thought, well, you know, it's a, success, a successful uh, segment on a successful podcast. Let's just wholeheartedly rip it off and put it on our own enormously successful podcast here with Magic. So we want to hear from you. What are your MTG power moves? And we're going to feature the best ones each week. Now, on the uh, on the Hamish and Andy show, Dennis. They tend to categorize each yes. power move as either a legend move, right? So something that obviously is like an aspirational very, it, move. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 uplifting. It's cool. It's funny. They've legend moves and they have asshole moves. Yeah, and these are the ones that are about tearing other people down. And obviously, you know, you look like yeah, a bit of an asshole for doing it, but obviously, it's still asserting dominance. Yeah, it's it. This is this is the face or heel, the genius or grifter, the paragon yeah. or renegade of the- exactly. <laughs> and so we're we're, we're going to kick things off. We we've cooked up a couple of little power moves of our own here, and, and so maybe we can we can have a chat about them and, and categorize them, Dennis. I'm going to go first. This is a level one power. It might even be a level zero power move. I'm not a fan of this one because it's so played out, and now I think it kind of has the reverse effect. Unrolling a game day champion playmat. There was a time in my life when I would have considered this a power move. 
but now it not anymore like you unroll you know they sort of flick a little bit of dust off the side of it there like that and uh and sort of look at you expectantly waiting for you to be impressed these days i just sit there and thinking geez you're a bit of a goose aren't you well you have a friend i don't know if you want to call this friend out who yep. bought one of these second hands? Oh, yes, yes. Now I told you about this. This is this, so. This is not even. Yeah, again, not even a friend. Just someone at an LGS I used to play play it. Unashamedly bought a game day champion playmat, and then later claimed, much as you know, you read Playboy for the articles. He claimed <laughs> he claimed he had bought it, Dennis, because he liked the. No art. way. Mm-mm. No way. Absolutely no way. Didn't get away with that one. Anyway, De- Dennis, hit. Uh, I know you've got some, so why don't you hit us with some of your uh, your classic power moves? The next one we have here is um, saying it's your first GP when it's not. To like right. uh, to them to hang do, on. To, no, well, saying say, like it's kind of it's kind of the rever- it's kind of like the the foil to the the problem that our listener just had, where if like you could lean the other way. And someone's like, how long have you been playing? I'm like, oh, this is the first uh, I actually learned to play yesterday. And then right, play right. very confidently, oh. very competently. Yep. Okay. Actually, yeah. Because, oh, But then you win either way. Okay. So that's a power move in waiting, right? Because if you lose to them, they just beat up someone who was like new, right? Like they just beat someone who's yeah. never played a GP before. So you know how I'm done. If you beat them, what a power move. Oh, like, oh wow. Oh, did I win? Oh, does this? Oh, that kills you. Oh, interesting. Oh, well, good game. Like, oh, that's a very, that's a very, that's a risk-free power move. Oh, but then you can lean so hard into it. You can be like, uh, like say, say you attack with your like grizzly bears or whatever. You're like, I put my grizzly bears in defense mode. Like, do yep. the whole like the whole yeah, kick again, draw before you untap all that sort of stuff. Really play into it. Yeah. Oh, mate, I like that's a very good power move. That's a great power move. Um, uh, well, oh, tell us the, the you tell say the one you were telling me about before about cutting someone's deck before before the game begins. Oh yeah, yeah. So this is something I, I, actually- I learned. I learned this from you. This I is an asshole this. power move. I, I this do, is an asshole power move. I do this to friends when someone presents you their deck to cut. You pick it up. You count very deliberately and very publicly the top seven cards of the deck onto the playmat, and then put put them on the bottom. So like and then, you, and then put the put the deck, put the deck on, on the top, top of it. Yeah. yeah. So you've yeah. you've burned what would have been their opening hand, and they're going to spend it's, the whole game thinking. Of, and uh, dude, in very, I'd say upwards of eighty percent of the time, at the end of the game, they'll look at the bottom and go, "Oh, that would have yeah. been a great." Oh, uh, yeah, it's so good. I've I've adapted this very recently uh, from you after you taught me this technology, and people. The thing is. It's it's a power move on two levels, right? Not only does it give them the whole like, oh, what was the what was the opening hand that never was? They also have that sort of, what are you doing? Because it looks like you're dealing yourself an opening yeah, yeah, hand yeah, yeah. from their deck. It's so good, and of course, it's a perfectly legal way to cut someone's deck. Oh, it's an asshole move though. Like, there's no, it's an asshole. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's definitely an asshole power move, but it is like, oh, it's a classic one. I I really, really, really like that one. That one, that one is so good. Do you know what I like to do as well? Here's here's one. I think this. I don't know if this is a legend or an asshole one. Um, is very slowly and very deliberately leaning across and untapping people's auras and equipment. Like when they attack with a creature and they tap all the stuff that's attached to it, I will I will lean across and I'll individually so that that and just remind them that stays untapped. That is that's an touching people's stuff with that that's just that's just rude. Is this is, is is that okay? Well, I didn't think it was that much of an asshole power move, but I will take your word for it. But well, I. I it depends on the environment, I guess, but I really enjoy doing it, especially with people who are playing a little bit loosey Yeah, yeah but like, I, like, oh. I, I don't think I'd be offended if someone did that to me, but I, I know there are people who would be, for sure. But, I mean, just, mild offense is kind of the goal of a power yeah. move. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. I guess the, the the places where I'm usually deploying this is in, like, games of EDH and stuff. Oh, well, that's like whatever, where, yeah. Yeah, exactly, where Duncan's, like, attacking with his whatever. I'm just like, mate, come on, just... I don't know if you know this, but that, that doesn't... You don't actually tap equipment to attack there like that, which I mm. really enjoy. So, I think that's a good one. You got any others? Um, so, the, 
I like, and I have a commander deck built around this entirely, which I think I've played with you with. Uh, we've, ta- oh, we've talked about your stupid Simic counters command. No, <laughs> making- this is not a... This That's a power, a power move. move. I'm oh, taking up. I'm so taking up annoying. Ram. I'm taking up Ram with my deck. Well, say what it is. People don't know what it is. Say it's, what an, it is. it's an Azuri commander deck that you oh. know sends a bunch of counters everywhere. But a, it's a ton of different kinds of counters. It's, char- it's not just plus one plus one counters. It's charge counters. It's plus o oh, plus one counters. It's every kind of counter under the sun that you could possibly put in a deck. And then. I use wildly inconsistent dice and counters to attract And some them. of them that are just huge as well. Yeah. Like you'll put it, you'll, you'll get a, a charge counter the size of a, of a, Rubik's, a put, Rubik's cube. Yeah. Exactly. And put it on someone else's card so they have to pick it up every time. <laughs> That's a power move, man. It's, it's so frustrating. I mean, it is, it is absolutely a power move. It's absolutely an asshole move as well. It's so frustrating to deal with your stupid thing. Anyway. Do you know what? Here's my favorite. This is my favorite power move. We'll, we'll wrap up on this one because this is my absolute favorite power move. And I want to hear from listeners as well. So please send in your. Yeah, please send in your power moves. So yeah. This is my favorite one so far. Um, what you need to do, right? You're sitting down, you're playing a game of Magic. You need to carefully note where your opponent puts their or puts their deck where, on, on their play mode or whatever in their play area, right? Where they put it and how they orient it, right? So whether they have it sort of, uh, you know, north, south, or east, west, or which side the the sleeves are facing, whatever else. And then when you cut it, right, deliberately put it back in a different position. Ugh. Or with the sleeves facing around the wrong way. So they have to then pick it up and turn it around the way that they like it. What about, oh, I hate when people do that. People like, when I go to, when I go, when I go to thumb the top card off my deck and it yeah. catches because I have them facing the other way, I'm like, Ugh. Uh, Yeah. Here's exactly. the thing though. Here's the big pair move. What if, what if someone hands you their deck and you cut it yeah. and you rotate one half of the deck 180 degrees and merge them back? You can't that. do that. That's just breaking the rules. <laughs> is that breaking the rules? Bre- it's breaking the rules. All the cards have to face the same way in a deck. This reminds me of something that I don't know if you want to tell this story, uh, which is something that I did to you probably, at oh Magic Fest Las Vegas oh, this year. I was so angry with you. All right. You want to talk about power moves? Oh, my goodness. So I, I was <laughs> so cross with so you. Let, let's, so let's tell the story from my perspective. I think that makes more sense narratively. Okay. You tell the story from your perspective, and I'll, 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 I'll tell everyone what yeah, I Yeah, yeah. So uh, Riley left his deck uh, kind of in the backstage area where we were, and I knew he was going to go play a modern event in a couple, yeah. in like uh, in a half hour. Or Competitive REL. And I knew also that Riley is particular, is very particular about, you know, like having all of his like lands be the same, like as a particular art he likes, yada, yada, yada. You like mismatch basics. If you have mm-hmm. four of your deck, you want it to be the same four of you, yep, that kind of, which absolutely. is def- defensible. And I was like, oh, this will really take Riley off. I was like, I'll turn some of his cards upside down in the sleeves. Now and we're I- playing modern, of course. So I'm yeah. playing Skate, Skate Shift. Shift. And-, and I'm like, oh, I'll just pick some random card and I'll turn them off. So like, oh, I know. I'll turn all of his Valakuts upside down. That'll be sure. hilarious. Yeah. And then I do that. So I put them, I put them back. I put, I put them back in the deck box and I leave it. I'm like, haha, I'll set a little, you know, prank grenade that'll make Riley, like Riley will draw his hand, you know, in an hour and be like, oh, gotcha. Dennis got me. And I'll flip his card yep. back and it'll be, be whatever. What's your perspective? So what happened to me was I went and started playing. I drew one of my Valakuts. I noticed it was upside down. I'm like, that's very weird like i definitely sleeved this the correct way i thought anyway whatever so i said i said oh sorry my, one of my cards is upside down right so i take it out i put it back in the right way and i don't think anything of it then i draw a second valakut and it's also upside down and at that point i'm like okay all right i need to this is this is a that's that's not a coincidence like that's very because you know because you, you know you sort your deck right yeah. when, before you sleeve it to make the count so i thought maybe i just somehow put the valakuts in the wrong way 
so uh, I was fetching right when I was looking for the when I was looking for like a you know, mountain of frost, or whatever, and I noticed the other one. So I'm like, hang on, I need to look. So I looked through the rest of my deck, and all of the valakuts are upside down. So I'm like, well, what? Have I, how? Like I've just <laughs> inadvertently like pulled off a huge cheat. So I call a judge. I'm like, judge, they they come over, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, like I don't know how this has happened. I know this looks terrible. But all of my valakuts are upside down, right? And the judge looks like, how did this happen? I'm like, I think I must have like sleeved the things incorrectly, right? But I don't, I really don't know. Like, I didn't mean to do this and I've just noticed now. So the judge is like, well, okay. And he went away and, and talked to the, some other judge, came back and was like, all right, well, just you need to put them back in there like that. And I, I think I got like a, 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 a do cautions even exist anymore? You can I don't get know, a warning, you can get a GRV or, yeah. Like it's I like- don't even think it was that, to be honest. I think I just got like a talking to, right? Anyway, obviously it wasn't an issue or anything else like that. Anyway, I come back to the behind the stage, the behind the stage area where I'd left my uh, deck, and Dennis is. Oh, you are sitting there with this enormous <laughs> grin, just waggling your eyebrows at me, and I think like you just expect it to be a harmless little joke. Yeah. So here's I, my, my expectation of the prank. Was like I said, you to pick up your deck and be inconvenienced by it. So <laughs> this is not the outcome I was expecting. I I feel very bad that I I wasted that judge's time. Like, I, that's definitely not what I wanted. I didn't want you to make you out to be a cheater. So, like, I wanted the outcome to be, like, Riley is inconvenienced and miffed at me when he comes back in 20 minutes' time. But, yeah. boy, the outcome of the headline of I mean, Riley Knight commentator disqualified for marked cards in Modern Double exactly. Up is just, oh, man. I mean, you picked you picked these probably the second, uh, probably the third. Like, if imagine if, my, if imagine if you'd done to my scape shifts. Like, the most important card in the deck. They're all like that. I mean, drawing a Valakut is actually bad most of the time, so it's still pretty bad. Like, if you've done it to a card that I'm actively looking to draw every turn with... Oh, my goodness, Dennis. Oh, my goodness. What a power move, though, right? Our next question, Dennis, comes to us from The Brocket, which is probably not their given name. I'd probably bet against it being their given name, yeah. The. First name, The. Last name, Brocket. Please, please call call me the Brockett's Mr. my father's Brockett name. My father. <laughs> we both of us went for the same joke at exactly the same time. Anyway, the Brockett, the only one on earth, wants to know. I have a question. How do you tell your non-magic playing friends and family to get you cards for Christmas and not end up with a bunch of cards you know you won't use? Do you just fill a cart for them, or what do you do? I have some pretty juicy stories Same. about what what has happened to me from from well-meaning muggles when it comes to magic, uh, Dennis. But this this is a tough one. This is a really difficult question. Yeah, it's it's really really hard. I, my piece of advice is honestly, and we can talk about this at the end, is just don't tell them you don't want magic cards. Honestly, but wow. I, I want to hear what your stories are, and I think yeah, that'll inform not, it. It's also not super super constructive, I guess. All right, um, so. Uh, there was one time a, a friend of mine back in Australia whose name is actually James Moriarty. Like his name like is from actually Sherlock James, Holmes. From Sherlock Holmes. His name is actually just James Moriarty. Um, he's one of the funniest people I've ever met and, and one of the best dancers I've ever seen in my life as well. Um, and a, uh, a, good, a good professor as well. Uh, and a reasonably good professor too, yes. But so um, he- Not a great diving career though. Not really. Like- <laughs> <laughs> he was a bit of a one-hit wonder in that regard. Yeah. Yes. Um, anyway- he was, uh, what? Did, oh, I can't remember what the assignment was, but he was at university and he had some assignment and I, maybe some history thing or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was an area that like I had some some knowledge and he's like, hey man, would you mind helping me with uh, with this thing? And I was like, absolutely, like love to, of course, not a problem at all, right? So I went to his place and we sat there for like a good, like, I don't know, like not an insubstantial amount of time, maybe eight or 10 hours, like wow. just, like just you know, working through this assignment together. And I was hoping, and I, re- I enjoyed it. And obviously I, I didn't do it because of what happened later on. I wasn't expecting anything. Anyway, the next time I saw him, he was like, hey man, I wanted to thank you for, you know, helping with that assignment. Um, 
I got you something. And I was like, oh, James, you didn't have to do that. And I was, you know, I was expecting, I don't know, the usual there, some chalky or whatever else like that. And he bought me a copy of Cunning Wish. Uh, what, what, why? Yeah. So he went into the LGS, right, in Melbourne, one of them. And he went in and he said, hey, my friend plays Magic. James, I think he'd played a little bit of Magic, but didn't really, or maybe he hadn't even started at this stage, but didn't really know too much about yeah. the game generally, right? And he's like, hey, da, 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 yeah, my friend, uh, I know that he really likes playing Blue, and uh, he likes playing like control decks, I think is what, I think he'd figured that out, right? Because that was back in back in the day when I used to, you know, enjoy playing Sphinx Revelation or whatever else. And so this absolute mongrel, this absolute chancer of an These dollar signs. Just see, he goes, oh, well, if, you're, if your friend enjoys playing blue, blue control decks, this is the card that he needs. And picked out the judge promo cunning wish and stung James for, I don't even know how much it's worth, right? Well, righty, let's let's go to channelfireball.com right now and find Must, out. And, and of course, the the whoever the the sales assistant was absolutely knew that this was a useless card to buy for anyone other than a you know a, a, someone who plays a very particular deck in Legacy, and even then, it's not always played. So, absolutely played James like a fiddle, and um and instead, uh, you know, it is currently I've, it is currently worth worth about forty dollars. Is it really? Yeah. Well, I've still got it. Do you have it? Of course. What am I going to do with it? Of course, I'm not going to sell it. Of course, I'm not going to sell that. Mate, it's curr- currently list. it's out of stock on Channel Fireball. They might want one. Well, maybe they want. Maybe they can get a, a really good deal on the Channel Fireball buy. No, I'm never going to sell this card. Um, he also gave me a, a Japanese uh, Born of the Gods uh, booster, and I've still got the that's kind of cool. the Japanese um, Prophet of Crufix. That, oh, that's uh, cool. That's a good card. Yeah, pull. It was, it, it was probably cool. like they the kind be- of softened the blow a little bit. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it, it's a difficult thing. Like another another one. Have you got a story as well to share? Because I've got one more as well. Uh, that's very similar thing happened to me. A well-meaning friend of mine named Alex wanted to buy me just, you know, some Magic the Gathering cards as yep. a Christmas present. And he goes in the local game store. Now, the guy who works at our local game store clearly didn't didn't see dollar signs the same way the guy that James got, got you know, scammed by did. Yeah. Because he went in and was like, hey, my friend plays Magic. I'd like to buy him some Magic cards. And the guy obviously looks back at him at the big booster display, looks down at the glass case full of singles and all the folders, and is like, I'm going to need a little more. I'm going to yeah. need a little more. And he's like, what kind of um, magic does he like to play? And he's like, the card game? And the guy's like, mm, not mm. as helpful like, as you wanted it to be. Yes, exactly. Not and he's like, any warmer. He's like, we have these like intro decks. And he's like, okay. And he's like, would you want one of those? Maybe? And the guy's like, Yeah. And he's like, which one? And he was like, the black and white one. And he's yep. like, okay. And so Perfect. I got a black, white M14 or whatever intro deck. And I was like, thanks, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want this at no. all. Do you know what this reminds me of? These days. Do you know what this reminds me of? Actually, go on. One go of on. my favorite transitions as a Magic player, as you as you become, a, you know, as you play for more and more time. Mm. Is if you're in a if you're in an event like a pre-release and it's someone's first event and you yep. finish your sealed event and you're like, mate, do you want these cards? And they're like, oh my yeah. god, really? Are you kidding? They're like, like what, for free, for free, and you're like, yeah, take yeah. them, take them. And they're like, yeah. oh yeah, oh. crap. I did this to my friend Alan when he first started playing, and he comes yeah. in. I remember Scott actually comes in a month late, a month later, and is like, you, you mug. He's like, you yeah. had, he's like, you had me hook, line, and sinker, and now I got a drawer full of these things. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, it was perfect. Yep. 
Yeah, I used to have all the all the the draft chaff commons and uncommons that people give me as a new player. Oh, mate, all sorted carefully, and then I realised I didn't need seven copies of Artful Dodge, and uh, so uh, gave them all to a kid who now still has them. So now it's his problem instead. Um, genuinely, time- genuinely though, for, for in terms of actionable advice, I think it's such a minefield. And the odds yep. of them buying you the thing, and like the yep. the, uh, the listener suggests, like, do I make like a wish list or whatever? Well, this this is what I was going to say. The other story I have that is with this is is one time for my birthday, and uh, and mum was like, "What do you want for your birthday?" I'm like, "Oh, honestly, like a Vendillion click." And she's mm. like, "I don't even know what that card is, right?" And I'm like, oh, "Sorry, sorry, not even that card." She's like, "I don't even know what that is." I'm like, "It's a magic card." She's like, "Okay." I'm like. Like, I need it for my modern deck. If you want to buy it, like, I don't know. This is just, a, like, at, the, at this stage, like, you're not even giving me a gift voucher. Like, you're just, it's just, yeah, it's all such the, an all artificial. The, 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 the Christmas spirit is totally gone, yeah. Is Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, you're right. It is, it, it's a huge minefield. It's short of just making a wish list of, like, specific cards. And then they go to the LGS or they go to Channel Fireball or whatever and, like, it's the you know it's out of stock or it's the wrong version or it's they buy you a foil when you hate foils or like it's the just- likelihood of someone who doesn't play magic buying you a magic related gift and you opening it and going ah oh, is so low i think yeah, it's worth yeah. not exploring I mean, okay. What what are some options? If they if they're dead set on this, accessories. Sealed- accessories are good options. Some That's nice a great dice, point. some nice sleeves, a nice deck that. box. Yeah. Yep. Yep, a custom playmat maybe. There yep, are places yep, yep. you can get custom playmats made. That'd be a really thing, a really special thing to do. I was going to say sealed product is less of a minefield, like because you can just draft with it. Like if someone buys you a booster box, that's like, a, that's nuance that the person isn't going to have though. That's the thing. No, but no, no, no. But if you say if they say, hey, da da da, you know, I want to get you something magic related. What do you want? And you can just say, oh, like you know, rather than saying, oh, well, I want a, v- a Vendillion click, but sure. it has to be one from Modern Masters. Da-da. You can just say uh, a booster box, right? And then if they go in and let's say they even buy you like I don't know some booster box from like years ago or something at least you've got like packs that you can draft with or do something yeah. done with whatever like uh i'll give you another tip if you've got a bunch of boosters that you don't want and don't know what to do with and need to open omniscience draft you yeah. can omniscience draft anything like chaos draft it you can do it like if you've got a bo- a box of born of the gods you can omniscience draft it and you'll have a great time so that's probably got a lower floor but i really like your suggestion about accessories that's very smart um, so this is going to come out after, because a friend of ours, Steve, bought another mm. friend of ours, Jeff, who we work with and know, uh, some very, very nice, very, very special dice that are currently sat at my place because Jeff's coming over later oh, yeah. under the Christmas tree we have here. So Jeff is going to okay. open the, I just want to record this because now I've spoiled Jeff's gift, but this won't come out until after yeah. he's already opened until, it. Until after we got him. What, what, what kind of dice are they? Oh, they're just like, they're like, like really heavy, like metal, like beveled, Ooh, like two-tone. Like they're it. nice dice that Steve just bought him as a Christmas gift. Yeah. I have one more. Uh, hopefully that's a satisfactory answer to the person's question about um, how to kind of... Uh, accessories, I think, is very strong. Yeah. Especially, especially like custom playmats or, or something like that. Would be I've got anyway, one go, very... I've got one non-magic related, but still gift misunderstanding related story. Oh, no. like, <laughs> Love it. All right. Hit so me, I, me, did, me. I did a, a Chris Kindle, a Secret Santa, if you will. Chris Kindle is what we call it in Europe. What do you uh, call it? We call it. Is that just an Irish thing? Call, I call it a Chris Kindle. A Chris Kindle? Chris do Kindle. Chris, do you mean a Chris Kringle? No, Chris Kindle. You cloth-eared fool! It's a Chris Kringle. No, Chris Kindle. A Chris Kindle. That's not. That's just some bloke named Chris who's bought an e-reader. No, I googled it right now. In the United Kingdom, as Chris Kindle in Ireland. Yeah. That's no. That's not it. Yeah, Chris Kindle. I'm. I'm calling Megan. No. 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 She's no. 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 It's an Irish thing. Megan's not going to know. You just said the UK. No, no, no. The UK calls it a Secret Santa. Ireland we don't call-, call it a Secret Santa of the UK. You call it a what? What do you call it? It's a Chris Kringle. We call it a Chris Kindle. 
I'm calling Megan. Megan's not Irish. That's not useful I'm to. Calling I'm, call- I'm calling I'm, Megan. If you call Megan, I'm calling Jeff. Fine, you call Jeff, I'll call Megan. I'll okay. put Megan on speakerphone. There's some guests okay. on this podcast now. <laughs> yeah, some, uh, some, some guests we didn't expect. I hope she answers. She's probably at work. If Megan doesn't answer, that means I'm just right. No, it doesn't. You don't automatically... It's not a loss by forfeit. Hello? Hi, mate. Um, I've just got a question. Hey, you're, you're on the podcast with Dennis. Um, what do you call that thing? Because Dennis is calling it something ridiculous. You know the thing where everyone puts their name in and uh, for like a secret, uh, like a, a thing where you pull out a, a name and you have to give them a gift and someone's pulled out your name and you give them a gift? Like, what's that What's that called? It's called a secret Santa. Ah! Would would if I called it a Chris Kindle, what would you say? I'd say you're lying. Exactly. <laughs> no, 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 That's no. That's all no. I require. Thank you very much, darling. I'll see you later on. No, no, no. I'm calling. I'm calling Jeff. I'm calling. What do you want? What do you want for dinner? Um, I don't mind. I might have dinner here. I'll let you know. Did you get stuff? No, I haven't got the supermarket yet. I'll go. I'll go once I finish recording. Okay, no worries. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm done with the horses just now. Okay. All right. Goodbye. Enjoy the horses. Talk to you later. Bye, 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 bye. All right, I'm calling Jeff. Jeff, a better answer. Okay. Nikki, Jeff. Nikki, Nikki, I can't, I can't call my girlfriend because she's, she's in an office, so she won't be able to answer. She'll think it's an She'll emergency. All right, yeah, we'll get, we'll get a response from Jeff here. Good evening, Jeff. Good you're evening. live on an episode of Scrimey River. Okay, I need to ask you an important question. Okay. So, if I were to do some sort of gift exchange in the Christmas period, where the people involved don't know who is buying the gift for them, what would you call that activity? Chris Kringle. Yes! Yes! No! Say it again. Right, Jeff, Jeff it again? say it again. What did you just say? What, what objectively incorrect thing is Riley calling it? No, no, what, no, what do you call it? Chris Kringle. Damn it! Chris, Chris Kringle. It's a Chris, it's a Chris Kindle, Kringle. Jeff. It's a Chris it's Kindle. It's a Chris Kindle. Oh, I mean, they're interchangeable, right? Ooh, I'll take it. No. I'll take it. No. Thanks, no, Jeff. You've been, no. you've, you've been great, Jeff. Goodbye. No, I'll take no, it. I'll take 100% it. 100% it's mine. I'll no, take it. No, mm. Absolutely not. I googled it on Wikipedia. It is a purely Irish thing. I'll concede, but perfectly acceptable. Anyway, anyway, yes, what we, happened on this Chris Kringle? We're doing, a, we're doing this Chris Kindle uh, with Nikki, who I wish I could have gotten involved because she would have definitely called it a Chris Kindle, like a proper Irish woman, not like Jeff, who's apparently a fake Irishman. Um, and we, it was it was an online one with a couple of our friends. So like, you sign up and like you get the name and there's an email or whatever, and you can list a couple of your interests. Because like, it was with my my group of friends who Nikki doesn't know super well. So she was like, oh, I've listed her interests. She's like, oh, okay, you know, I like gaming. I like um, Dennis, I guess. And she's like, and I like um, Georgian architecture. Nikki's Nikki's really into like yeah, yeah, she's build, super build, into architecture. Yeah, yeah, yeah buildings yeah. in the Georgian period with like fan lights and the tall windows and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So my friend Luke, bless his heart. Gets her printed. Uh, so Nikki, uh, it's Christmas, okay? Nikki, we, we do the exchange. Nikki opens her gift, and it's a puzzle. It is a puzzle, puzzle like a jigsaw, puzzle. like a jigsaw puzzle. That okay. is a photograph of me and Nikki in front of a barn, and Nikki's like, "What? That? Thanks." And Luke's okay. like, "It's all three things you liked." And Nikki's like. Please elaborate. I don't know what you like. This is like a tenor, like ten euro value Chris Kindle. Like she wasn't going to be like Luke wasn't yeah. going to be offended. She's like, he's like, please He's like, it's a picture of you and Dennis. She's like, yeah. I got it made into a, a jigsaw puzzle, which is kind of like a game, okay. and I photoshopped you in front of some Georgian architecture. And she's like, this isn't Georgian architecture. She's like, yeah, it is. It's a farmhouse in Georgia. Oh, what? <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's like, that's not what that means, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but he tried. Luke got four points because he tried so hard and just yeah. missed the marker. I mean, they say it's the thought that counts, and he was riding that train to the very end of the line. <laughs> so there's a bill in my house. I'll send you a photo of it. It's just yeah. somewhere we just have a jigsaw puzzle of me and Nikki. You know, in you know, front of a barn. But you know, you know that gothic painting of the one man and the woman in front of a barn with yeah, like the yeah, pitchfork. Yeah, yeah. It looks exactly like that. It's so funny. That is that is brilliant. Thanks for listening to another episode of Scry Me a River. Dennis, it's been a lot of fun. It's been great. Yeah, as the podcast drifts further and further from being actionable advice and more into us just screwing oh, around. No, we've given people highly Wow, we advice. got the full five-syllable Riley no. Now. No. Yeah, that, I, I can't remember which comedian it was that brought this up. It was a comedian who, who pointed out that um, when an Australian says no... It's just the letter N and then every vowel in order after that. No, you. No. Um, no, no. We've given, lots, we've given lots of actionable advice. We're going to give plenty more in the future as well. But the other thing we do want to get stuck in with, of course, is power moves. Please do send in your MTG power moves. Yes. No, what, no matter what they are, whether they're legend moves or asshole moves, we've kind of skewed asshole this this week. So yeah. maybe we can pick up some, you know, some more uplifting ones for next week. But any power moves whatsoever that have something to do with magic, I guess, or like just not, not necessarily even like in a gameplay, but like just the just the in know, the magic the sphere, and, yeah, yeah, within the magic within the magic, uh, you know, ecosystem. And on, on, on a more serious note, if you do have from our first question, do you have experiences of being of feeling marginalized or condescended to based on something that isn't specifically something that isn't your magic playing ability? Please do write in with those because we would love to hear. You know, we'd, we'd love additional to hear perspectives, perspectives on that. Yep, and and have some advice maybe from people who have uh, been through that rather than, uh, you know, uh, someone who maybe doesn't have first-hand experience of it. Anyway, um, that's it for this week. Make sure to check out Channel Fireball, of course. They've got plenty of other podcasts like this. They've got all sorts of other free content. And, of course, they're the best place to buy and sell your cards online. So make sure you go and, uh, and have a look at them. Uh, but that's it for this week. Dennis, thank you to, uh, well, the listener for listening. Thank you to Channel Fireball for sponsoring the show. And, of course, to Joachim Karud who uh, was the the author, the architect of the club banger, Shine, that uh, kicks the show off every week. Of course, you can go and listen to all of his music. It's absolutely copyright free. It's on uh, YouTube and SoundCloud and whatever else. Uh, But I think that's about it. Yeah, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. 